Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to The Awardist. I am Entertainment Weekly Executive Editor Jared Hall. We are kicking off a brand new season of the podcast today where we're going to be having thoughtful but also fun and entertaining chats with the actors, creators, and more who are contenders this year. And let me tell you, there are some fantastic ones to come. And we're also going to be breaking down the state of the 2023 Oscars race with guests like EW's own awards expert Joey Noel as well as the two folks I am going to introduce to you right now. Let's get to it. Joining me on this first episode of the new season is a voice you will definitely be familiar with if you listen to the Awardist podcast last Oscar season. It's my fellow executive editor at Entertainment Weekly, Clarissa Cruz. Hey, Clarissa, how are you? Hey, Jared. Hello, hello. Happy to happy to have you here. And longtime Entertainment Weekly enthusiast will know him for his fantastic reporting through the years and who we are thrilled to be welcoming back to the family as an awards correspondent and columnist. It's Dave Carger. Dave, welcome back. Hey, Jared. Hey, Clarissa. I'm very happy to be talking with both of you. We are, I say thrilled. It's, it's no joke. Uh, so, so happy to have you here. Um, I don't want to date anyone or age anyone, but you're certainly someone who I read through the years. Uh, I'll say like, especially during my college years, maybe that won't make us sound as advanced. Um, (laughs) In years, I was always like, this guy is so cool. And then years later, here we are. uh, We met each other many years ago through covering movies and and we're talking Oscars now, and it's just a a, um, a very exciting professional moment uh, for me. So um, I'm so glad you were with us. Great. Yeah. So uh, I, I do want to say uh, Dave is is writing a column for us this season. Uh, the first one is already on EW.com. You can check that out. He'll be doing uh, various cast interviews for us through the season. Uh, and, and perhaps most importantly, offering his predictions as the entire season goes on, because people will come and go in the race and those predictions will change. Uh, and we're going to get to some of those in just a minute. But first, I, I want to talk with both of you about... Um, there's always one or two movie, uh, one or two movies that try to go the distance. Movies that came out way earlier in the year, not in the traditional Oscars window, which starts uh, like mid September uh, through the end of the year. Um, so let's talk about what some of those are. I would definitely say Everything, Everywhere, All at Once uh, is is on that list. That's a movie that debuted, I do believe, in April, and then Top Gun Maverick uh, was a uh, you know early early summer release midsummer i can't even remember now the year has gone by so quickly um what what other are there any other movies that the two of you are identifying as uh you know some of those ones that are trying to stick in the race how about elvis oh yes i think that i mean i think that's a sure thing for i think it's kind of like 80 percent sure for austin butler i'm actually about to move him up to my top five um he was my number six in my first EW.com list, but he's about to move up. Um, And I think, you know, there are definitely 10 Best Picture nominees this year. 
not going right, to be eight right. or nine because of the new rules. So that allows for another movie like one of these ones that you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. I do think Everything Everywhere All at Once is in. I think Top yeah. Gun is on the bubble and I think mm-hmm. Elvis is on the bubble. So maybe all three of them can get in or maybe two. Elvis also feels like one of those movies that will get a lot of technical nominations, sound, costume design, uh, hair and makeup, that kind of stuff, too. In addition to Austin, do you think um, Baz Luhrmann can go the distance with a director nomination, though? I don't think so. Clarissa's shaking her head no. (laughs) No, I don't think anyone came out of that talking about Baz as much of a visual spectacle as it was. Um, I think all the buzz was around Austin, and and I do think he's going to make the acting bracket um, for him. Um, But as far as the other movies that you mentioned, I think even though they came earlier in the year, Everything Everywhere All at Once and Top Gun Maverick, I think are going to be big contenders for Best Picture. I I don't think people will need a reminder. Hmm. That that is that is so very true. Uh, are there any others we're, uh, we're we're forgetting about leaving off the list yet, or just those those three that are that are fighting? Well, maybe not even fighting for their spots, but I think for best picture, it's really those three. I mean, there's a couple people yeah. in the acting categories. I know Adam Sandler is really out there for his Netflix movie Hustle. Um, yeah. You know, so there are a couple uh, movies from earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Emma Thompson for Good Luck to You, Leo Graham. I but love I think for that. Yeah. she's always great. But for Best Picture, I really do think it's those those three. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so let's talk about then once the fall festival circuit kicks off uh, in early September uh, with Labor Day weekend. Uh, let's talk about the movies that really emerged from that time period. We're talking about Steven Spielberg and the Fablemans. We're talking about, uh, well, I'll let you guys weigh in on whether you think uh, Armageddon Time is uh, really part of the list. Uh, we're talking the Banshees of Inisherin. So take me through that. What are the ones that you saw at the festivals that are surefire? these movies are uh, ones that people should be watching because they are going to be going for gold. Well, I mean, I, I think I think you're right. I think The Fablemans um, was the one that kind of emerged the biggest, right? Because it won the audience award at Toronto, which is such a big deal. Green Book yeah. won that award. Nomadland won that award. So that, that's a big deal. I think The Banshees of Inisherin. the more that people are seeing that movie, I just love that movie so much. I can't wait to see it again. I love Martin McDonough movies, Period. I don't think he's made a bad one yet. I agree. And and he hasn't made that many, which is a shame. That's true. <laughs> but, it's, but it's so fun to see Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson together. Carrie Condon as Colin Farrell's sister is so great. So that one's in. And then I think for the kind of cineasts of the world, Tar is it was the one that really emerged. I loved it. I, I know people, not everyone does. I thought it was just riveting and so interesting. And I think those those three seem to me to have emerged uh, to kind of the top of the heap. And then with other ones like Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel, and Women Talking and Empire of Light also getting some big boosts as well. But I don't think any of them rise to the level of those other three. I agree. I mean, Fablemans, I think, was a strong early front runner, especially after after the premiere at Toronto. I think Women Talking will have some legs, um, especially in the acting categories. Um, one, and this, I, I should have mentioned this earlier because it, it debuted at Cannes, but Triangle of Sadness is actually one of my favorite ones. Um, and it wasn't uh, obviously a fall festival, but I think it's one that could be a surprise um, in, in, a, in a few categories. Yeah, for folks who have not seen that, can you give a brief synopsis of that? 
It's hard to give a brief synopsis. synopsis <laughs> I know. That's what it's like. I, I hope she can do it better service than I can. Yeah, it, it's sort of a three-parter, literally. It's divided into three parts. And, you know, one takes place, um, you, you know, in, in one, it, 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 I don't also don't want to give away things, but there are mm-hmm. definitely three parts and feel almost like three different movies, but it works. Um, and I think that's what it's big draw is um but it, it's rich know, people is, on the yacht trip from exactly hell. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's definitely one of my favorites of the season um and and i think it could be something that could sneakily get in you know in a yeah. few places and then of course we can't forget about the whale uh which uh, i mean is um i it's funny we i'm going to use the word that i don't think he likes to use because he's like i didn't go anywhere uh but a, a comeback for brendan fraser um who uh is getting you know standing ovations left and right. It was a, a transformation for him as well. Um, you've both seen the movie, correct? Uh, feelings on, because here's what I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting from most people is that uh, people love the performances more than the movie as a whole. Yeah, for me, the whale is the wild card of mm. the season right now because it's just these festival audiences that have seen it so far. And in most of these cases, Brendan Fraser is right there. And now it's kind of turned into this game where each audience needs feels the need to outdo the other as far as giving him a 15-minute standing <laughs> ovation, a 10-minute standing ovation. And I think like the <laughs> Toronto audience saw the clip of the Venice audience doing it and felt <laughs> like... And, and so the question for me is, how is this movie going to play mm-hmm. to, well, first of all, moviegoers when they just go to a theater, but also more important for our conversation here, voters when they put the DVD in or when they click the link and they watch it just in their house and there's no 10 minute standing ovation there. I don't know. The the thing about The Whale, I mean, Brendan Fraser does a, a, a fine job. My vote would be Colin Farrell for Best Actor. I think I think it's a better performance. But Brendan Fraser is terrific. But the thing about the whale is that you don't. There's a lot of uh, unpleasantness on screen, and I, I'm curious to see how people react to that when it yeah. when they see it in larger numbers. Clarissa, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's fair, and I think also you know speaking of reactions. You and I watched it both at Toronto and there were people, you know, sobbing on either side of us, um, you know, having a, a really strong reaction to the, to the movie. And I think that kind of emotional component, you can't discount that, um, especially with a film like this. And I think that combined with everyone seems to love Brendan and, and, and his whole narrative with this. Um, and he's, he's been doing the award circuit you know, in a very, I think, positive way. Um, I don't think you can discount that um, as far as making this a contender. But but I, I do agree with what you said about some of the unpleasantness. And he seems to have a lot of fans within the industry, folks he has worked with, folks who perhaps he hasn't worked with but want to work with him. And that also really goes a long way because a lot of these people are Academy voters and they will, I, I suppose, like give an endorsement in their own kind of way. Um, and, and that certainly helps a person's case. Yeah, I mean, he's been, he's worked with everybody. I mean, especially in the yeah. 90s and the early 2000s. And he's, mm-hmm. and he's a very likable guy. I yeah. chatted with him for EW at, at Toronto and with him and Darren Aronofsky. And it was a total mm-hmm. pleasure. And, um, that, that's going to be a good thing for him too. But again, not to sound like a broken record, watch out for Colin Farrell because he is mm-hmm. also wildly charismatic mm-hmm. and a great talker and super funny and also gives just, 
such a delightful performance in the Banshees of Inisherin, which is and it's also moving. I I was just blown away by. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think um, there's a lot of uh, goodwill towards him as well. And and I, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he's been nominated. No. Um, and so so I I think there's a sense of you know it's his time. Mm-hmm. He did win a Golden Globe for In Bruges, but he's mm-hmm. never had an Oscar nomination. And oh God, I love that movie so much too. Uh, he he's great in that. Um, okay, uh, someone who I'm uh, also, by the way, realizing from my previous question, if there's any chance of um an a release from earlier in the year getting through. What about Nope? Mm. Are you saying I, Nope to Nope? <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, I just don't feel like the response to it reached the Get Out level. Get Out, yeah, yeah. Also, horror is always a tough sell, isn't it? It's true. Yeah, and I also yeah I I'm not sure the the um kind of societal impact element of Nope kind of. Mm-hmm. comes through to the average moviegoer, including myself, I'm putting myself in that category, as much as it did through Get Out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Or even like with with Lupita for us, like, I feel like that there was, I mean, I know, you know, I I feel like that that had sort of stronger sentiment behind it than the Mm -hmm. performances in that. Yeah. Um, Another movie that came out, I believe, right around the time of uh, Toronto was uh, The Woman King, Viola Davis, uh, Tucson Bedu. What are your feelings on that one? I think in a weaker year for actresses, Viola, and I'm looking at my, you know, my column, Mm -hmm. I do have Viola Davis number six for best actress. And I, when I revise it, for Clarissa, my editor, in the next in the coming week, <laughs> I'm probably going to keep her there. But I, but if you look at Best Actress, where you have this stronghold of Kate Blanchett, Olivia Coleman, Michelle Williams, Michelle Yeoh, and Danielle Deadweiler, who's mm-hmm. the breakout star from this movie, Till. Yeah, I just don't see how any anyone else breaks through to that five, including Viola. Um, I loved The Woman King. I thought it was really strong. Uh, Tuso Mbedu is fabulous. I, I still think she has a shot. But again, Best Supporting Actress is stacked between the mm-hmm. Women Talking cast, yep. between a lot of the breakouts from Banshees, Tar, Janelle Monet from Glass Onion. People haven't seen that performance yet. It's a knockout. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Tuso, I would keep her in the conversation. She's in the top 10 for sure. But I just don't know if that movie is still going to be talked about as much as a lot of these other movies that are still just coming out and might steal some of the thunder. Yeah. Uh, Janelle, by the way, was our row mate at the Black Panther 2 premiere. Uh, we looked over and was like, whoa, holy cow, there's <laughs> That's right. Janelle Monet sitting right there with us. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of amazing people sitting all around us. That movie, by the way, a lot of people have seen that now. It's not necessarily a, uh, you know, a, a festival movie, but um, what are your feelings about that film and its chances to replicate the success of the first one come Oscars? I, I don't think so. I, I don't see Wakanda Forever as a Best Picture nominee. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's definitely going to get multiple nominations. Hannah Beekler will be nominated again for production yeah. design. Ruth Carter will be nominated Carter, again yeah. for costumes and maybe effects and maybe sound and things like that. I don't see any cast members getting nominated and I don't see it getting nominated for Best Picture. Not that it's not good. It's very good. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It manages to be fun and exciting, as, but it's also a very reverential tribute to Chadwick Boseman. It, it ticks all the boxes. It gets the job done, all the jobs done that it needed to. Didn't mm-hmm. strike me as an Academy film. What about Angela, Dave? Um, Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. I mean, she's definitely, I think she was probably one of the stronger performances in the film. Is she lead or supporting? 
I guess she'd have to be supporting, right? Right. Letitia Wright's lead. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, sure. I mean, I I could, I I would, I would put her in my next list of when I do my next top 12, I could see her getting in there with Um, the right campaign. Yeah. But I don't see her making the top five. I don't. Okay. That's fair. Okay. So, um, for these fall festival circuit releases, um, is there an answer this as you wish a film that you think got more hype than it should have? <laughs> I don't know if it's a a one film thing, but just uh, this is and this is combined with my experience from last year. But I was I'm a little bit tired, and not to 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 um to um call out one particular film, but I'm a little bit tired of the sort of um, white male directors. Um, doing these sort of semi-autobiographical um, films, you know, showing how they fell in love with film, and 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 I feel like that that can apply to a couple um, films this season and last season, you know, thinking like Belfast and um, and Armageddon Time and Fablemans, and and you know, I just kind of um, am hungering for a different perspective, and I don't know if that's you know that's not the fault of any of these films, but it's more just you know I'd love to see. Um, a female, you know, person of color doing a semi-autobiographical film where they talk about being in love with film. Um, so, um, so it, that's just more of a thing on my end. Not to take away from anything from those films. Yeah, it's interesting. I do think there's there's a couple movies that I'm waiting to see what kind of the more populist reaction is. And I think The Whale, which I already said, explain why that's one of them. Also Empire of Light, Sam Mendes's film, which really divided people at the festival. Some people thought it was three different movies that didn't fit together. Um, but I'm still relatively bullish on it for the Academy just because it's got this great Olivia Coleman performance. It's kind of a nice return to form for Sam Mendes in, in a more of an intimate film after how amazing 1917 was. Um, and, and it is kind of this love letter to the, the concept of going to the movies in a movie theater. So, but that's one that I think there are some people who feel like the, the buzz is overstated that the movie isn't strong enough for the buzz, but I, I do still think it's going to do fairly well throughout the season. It might not win anything, but I could see it getting, you know, significant nominations. Mm-hmm. And to your point earlier about, uh, you know, the, the different um, festivals having to one up the previous festival and the standing ovations, I, I feel like, you know, we, we write about that. We reported, you know, it was a seven minute. It was a 10 minutes. Like, I don't really know if you can take stock in any of that. Uh, people just like to stand and clap. And, you know, I don't know if it really means anything in the long run. OK, uh, we're about to take a quick break. Before we do that, I want to ask your uh, the, the movie that you think should be getting more attention for the 2023 Oscars race could be a festival one could be from earlier in the year. That's the easiest question for me that you've asked so far. I love my policeman. Ah. I do not understand why people are hating on this movie. It is absolutely gorgeous. And the cast is great, including yes, Harry Styles, We're going to talk more about him in just a minute. Oh, I know we are. Okay. So I'll keep it to a minimum, except to say that the movie made me cry and it has pained me to see the negative critical response. Um, and I'm trying to parse out how much of it is because of Harry hatred and how many, how much of it is because people just don't like the movie, but I love it. And I, that's one that I wish I could kind of like will back into the awards race, but it's not going to happen. Okay. Clarissa. 
Well, I mentioned Triangle of Sadness before, so yeah. I'm not going to mention that again. But there was one festival movie that uh, <laughs> you'll laugh, but I really loved Weird. Yeah, the Al Yankovic story. And, and okay. I, I, I thought it was so fun. I, you know, I thought it was bonkers. I thought that those performances were completely fearless and fun. And if there's any chance that Weird Al can get, get a nomination for song, I would like to start the campaign right now. And by the way, like that <laughs> script should get nominated. That, I mean, it won't, <laughs> but what a brilliant take on the biopic where it just yes. flips everything I, it was i just watched it three days ago <laughs> and i thought it was wildly entertaining totally. all yeah, right good choice there you have it all right we will leave it at that for the moment uh we have to take a quick break the awardist will be right back mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Awardist. I am joined by Entertainment Weekly Executive Editor Clarissa Cruz and EW Awards contributor Dave Carger. Hello again to you both. And uh, okay, two more topics I want to talk about here before we wrap things up. Uh, Dave, you uh, touched on this first one a little bit with uh, saying my policeman you wish was getting um, more awards attention. But let's talk about Harry Styles because before uh, my policeman came out, before Don't Worry Darling came out, Everyone was really excited for these films. They wanted to see more acting out of Harry, more than they had gotten from him in Dunkirk. Um, and, well, you know, you can't really count the Eternals, uh, that end credit scene. But, um, <laughs> but then the movies came, the movies went, Harry was in the race, Harry was out of the race. Um, g- give me your thoughts on his talent as an actor and, and why you think he should still be part of the conversation. Well... I mean, in Don't Worry Darling, I thought he did a, a fine job. I think there were a couple scenes closer to the end in the last act that maybe he was the tiniest bit out of his depth where he had to kind of, you know, get a little bigger. Fine. And that movie, whatever, is what it is. The whole controversy scandal took center stage over the movie, which is actually a well-directed movie, but no one seems to care. My Policeman, I just said it before the break, it's so gorgeous. And I think he does a really lovely job in that film. and. For someone who doesn't have much acting experience, I was very, very impressed um, with that performance. So that movie hasn't totally come and gone yet, Jared, because it hasn't even like come out on Amazon mm-hmm. yet. So let, I, let's let's give it a chance to die yeah. before we bury it. But uh, I'm still hopeful that people will like start. I, here's my question: Is this film Twitter hating on these movies, or is it like? the larger movie-going audience and the Academy. And look, the fact of the matter is neither of these movies are going to get any Oscar nominations, and it's too bad. But I just want my policeman to get a little bit of a backlash to the backlash uh, sentiment once people see it. That would make me happy Mm. just for people to say, you know what, people shouldn't have hated on this movie as much as they did. And can I speak up for Don't Worry Darling a little bit? Because I saw saw it a while ago, like, you know, really early, and, and I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, this is before all of the, you know, Venice and all mm-hmm. of the things that came out about it that that sort of detracted from the actual 
um, the actual film. And as you said, Dave, directing, but I quite enjoyed the movie. I thought Harry was great. I thought, you know, anyone who can hold the scene next to Florence Pugh <laughs> is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, even though, even though Florence Pugh, Pugh is like in another stratosphere, yeah. but, um, but I, you know, I thought he held his own. Um, you know, my policeman was a, was a bigger part and, um, I, and, I, I think he did well there too. So there's, you know, it just, it just sucks that there's so much other stuff that goes into this race that, that, all, you know, doesn't have yeah. anything to do with the actual project. Yeah. Are you seeing um, in either of his performances, um, his talents as a musician and therefore someone who, uh, you know, puts his emotions into song, are you seeing that quality in him, that ability to, to capture and channel his emotions in, into performance that is not uh, done, you know, with a microphone and sometimes guitar in hand? You know what? For me, I think what I was so impressed by with the My Policeman performance is that it was so opposite to mm. his stage persona, which is so outsized yeah. and big. And this is a very kind of intimate, inward this is a very conflicted young man that he's playing. Mm -hmm. And he brings all of that across with. Um, you know, a real vulnerability and it was, it's all very internal. And I, again, I, I was just super impressed considering it's so different from his day job as it were. He yeah. does sing in it though. Remember you had that little, he, well, he sang a true. few bars. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So something to look forward to for uh, the, the Harry Styles performer uh, <laughs> aspect. Okay. Last thing here. Um, okay. Will Smith and the movie Emancipation. I guess my first question is, should Apple have held this movie until next year? Thoughts? Yes. They should have. It seems, it seems, now I have not seen this movie, so I can't speak to mm -hmm. whether it's strong or not or the quality, but it seems, I mean, it's certainly subject matter and Anton yeah. Fuqua and all that. Mm -hmm. seems like a, it's a, it's a potential for an awards movie. I think it seems, I think it smacks of a little hubris on the part of everybody mm -hmm. to think that this movie can come out right now. I think it, I think it's a bad decision. I have to say it. Mm -hmm. Clarissa, does as we all kind of talk internally at EW, it feels like that's even the sentiment as staff is talking. We're like, uh, give it another year. Let the, <laughs> let the controversy die down a little bit. Make him yeah, like serve I mean a little bit of his 10-year sentence. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I, I mean, it's interesting because as soon as as the release date came out, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's prime awards time. So yep. that decision is certainly interesting, um, you know, especially for this year. So um, I think I think it's a tricky thing and we'll have to yeah. see how that plays out. And I'll, I'll say that I, I might eat these words like throughout the season, but I'm going to say it. I don't care how good Will Smith is. He, there's no way he's getting nominated for this movie. That was my next question. Yeah. There's no way that the actor's branch would nominate him this year. Now, you can keep that tape and you can play <laughs> it back on January 24th or whatever when the nominations come out and I will look like a complete idiot. But I, I, think, the, I think the Academy would ruin itself if they nominated yep. Will Smith the same calendar year or you know the next year sure, yeah. after he did what he did. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's that outlandish of a thought at all. I guess, though, on the flip side of that is, can the movie still have some kind of Oscar success, even with Will part of the equation? 
I don't think so. Mm. I really mm. don't. I mean, what, what happened this year's Oscars is so beyond the pale and so unlike any other, I mean, it puts the La La Land moonlight thing. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. it makes it seem like this, this funny yeah. little mistake. Yeah. There, it, it would, it would be, it would be shocking. And I think, I think it would be damaging to the Academy to, um, for it to give that movie substantial nominations in light of what has happened so recently. Which is unfortunate because, you know, it's, it's, it's not just about Will. It's, it's a big production. Right. There are so many people involved. You know, Antoine Fuqua is a great director. So, um, so yeah, the timing of So, you know what, though, Clarissa, and I'm sure, I'm sure, and I agree with you, there's so much worthy as far as the subject matter of the film. So, let it rest for a year. Yeah. Mm. Let it rest. Look at a movie like Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal premiered, I think it was oh, yeah. 2019 or 2018 mm-hmm. in Toronto. It didn't come out for like a year and a half later. Amazon could have put it out that year, but they didn't. They decided to wait. And then it wins Oscars and gets nominated, you know, for best picture. Let it sit. It's, yeah. there's not, what's the rush? Maybe it's not too late. Maybe they can reconsider and say, we're going to hold it. Unless there's, for some reason, something contractually uh, that they have Maybe. to put it out. Um, yeah, yeah, perhaps, of course, uh, little details that we don't know. But um, <laughs> that, that is all very interesting. And uh, I, I don't think we're going to have to pull that tape back out, Dave. But um, yeah, it, it's an interesting prospect. He could have been, uh, who was the last person to win two years in a row? Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah Philadelphia and then Forrest Gump. Yeah, potentially yeah. could have could have been another situation like that but um you know that little joke got in the way yeah yeah indeed all right folks well that is it for this episode of the awardist thank you so much for tuning in if you liked what you heard please follow rate the podcast and leave us an award-winning review on apple podcasts and to keep the conversation with us going follow entertainment weekly on all socials at ew on twitter and at entertainment weekly everywhere else you can also tag me at Jared Hall. We will see you right back here next week. Thank you so much, Clarissa and Dave. Thank you. Thanks. This episode of the Awardist podcast is hosted by Jared Hall, produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio, edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.